everyone and welcome to Pearls in a Pod. My name is Monica and we'll be giving you guys pearls to help transition you from med school to residency. So as a fourth year DO student, we had to jump through a ton of hurdles before and during interview season. In addition to that, throw in the wrench that we call coronavirus. There were days, honestly, I had no idea if I could even graduate. And what helped me through it was hearing upperclassmen share their journeys. And I knew that if they could do it, so could I. So I hope this podcast is a platform where I can interview members in my cohort and have them share their journeys with you guys. Journeys in military match, couples match, ER, OB-GYN, you name it. Only with hopes to help you guys out. So stay tuned for a great episode. Okay, hello everyone. My name is... I hate that. Don't you have like an intro that you say? I already do, so I don't know why I was trying to start an intro. You should be like, welcome back. <laughs> Avid listeners. No, this is the first episode. <laughs> this is going to be the first one? Yeah, this is the first episode. Oh, cool. <laughs> so welcome back, Avid listeners. <laughs> It's your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, Jack, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Okay. My name is Jack. Uh, I am a fourth-year medical student from the same school as Monica, a newer DO school in the southeast of the United States. Uh, it's currently March. I'm awaiting match results next week, and I am finished rotation, so I am just hanging out trying to get married soon <laughs> i guess we have to do we disclose no, i guess no. we should no. you, you could edit that out <laughs> no we have to disclose no we don't okay so when jack said that it's march what he really means it's the sunday before we find out whether or not we've been accepted to match mm-hmm. which is tomorrow um and then when he said he's hoping to get married soon he means that he's getting married to me um <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're super excited. Jack and I, we couples matched, um, I'm pursuing pediatrics and Jack's pursuing internal medicine. And so we'll see this week whether or not that actually was fulfilled. We'll see if our plan worked or not. (laughs) Um, okay. Anyway. Yeah. So I know you guys may be wondering, like, why do I have my fiance on here? But, um, him and I, we went through a lot as all members of our cohort did. And I just kind of wanted to... Um, compile a list of questions that fourth year fourth year DO students may have about what the heck fourth year is, why is it so important, why is it so different than other medical students. Um, and I felt like Jack could really speak to that. Um, so Jack, can you kind of talk about what our four years of medical school kind of looks like as a DO student and how that compares to an MD student? Yeah, I'd love to. And obviously I'm only speaking from my experiences, I can't speculate. Other DO students, I can't speculate. MD students, just based on what I've heard, um, some things might be different. But my experience was the first two years, all classroom studies, all in the same city, at the same school where we were. Um, We were all taking classes together, doing our OMM labs, doing our anatomy labs, taking step one. And then right when we finished our second year, we had a lottery system um, to see we were where we were going to be placed for our third year core rotations. Uh, and there were nine sites kind of across the Southeast and some random ones in other parts of the U.S. Uh, they were all in non-teaching hospitals. 
-hmm. There was no residence. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you kind of want to base it on, at least me, I base it on geography and size of the hospital, just um, capabilities Mm -hmm. to have more experience with different things. Mm -hmm. So we did our entire third year at the same hospital. So we did Mm -hmm. internal medicine, family medicine, OBGYN, general surgery, psychiatry. Pediatrics, Pediatrics, obviously. (laughs) How could I forget? Yeah. Um, All at the same hospital, or at least all with the same preceptors in the same city. So there was no traveling, Mm -hmm. which was very nice. Mm -hmm. And then fourth year, at least for our school, the requirements were only to do one elective or a sort of audition rotation with a residency program. Mm -hmm. We had to do a two-week OMM pain course, which was online this year. And then we just had to complete all the other electives based on course requirements to get credits to graduate and these could be in anything so you can do all ENT all ophthalmology all internal medicine subspecialties it was really flexible which was nice Mm -hmm. um so you got to do a deep dive and explore different things if you didn't uh weren't exposed to them in your third year Mm -hmm. and so how does that compare to what we've heard of like what an MD school would be like So an MD school, I think it would be that you are at, your third year is either at an academic hospital or a larger community hospital with residency programs, and you get to work more one-on-one or in the resident team, in the Mm -hmm. medical teaching team, your entire third year, and you could go back and do your fourth year rotations at that institution too because they have subspecialty you know, you can do um, vascular surgery, you can do uh, more electives, or if you're interested in more subspecialties, like radiology, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, I I mean, I guess like hearing what you said about what we go through, that's just the bare minimum is like we could do an ENT rotation, an ophthalmology rotation, we could do a surgery rotation, but what if you what if you really wanted to go into a specific field? Like, let's say you really wanted to go into, let's use your example, internal medicine. Mm -hmm. How can you use our third and fourth year to um, bring you, give you a leg up? Like, what are the advantages of a DO student in third and fourth year? And what are the disadvantages of a DO student in their third and fourth year? So, I mean, I guess for our third year, we had no electives. So we all took the same all did the same rotations with the same preceptors, more or less, in the same hospital, at least the cohort that matched to where we did our third year. Mm-hmm. So having a, there wasn't necessarily a leg up. Uh, we did have some um, opportunities that wouldn't be present if there were residents. Uh, for example, I worked one-on-one with the internal medicine hospitalist, and he would give me a higher patient load, um, and I would write all the notes see all my patients, you know, up to five or six a day. Um, And I felt like I was more independent, uh, but the learning wasn't structured and you're only learning what, you know, your preceptor, how they practice medicine. And they might be 30, 40 years out of residency. And so you're kind of just learning their habits, not necessarily Mm -hmm. their mindset or their thought process. Uh, And then fourth year, it completely changed. When I did my um, internal medicine sub-I, it was the opposite. I was really only given three patients. There was more structured learning and it was more um, formal presentations to the preceptor, to all the residents, um, along with the 
you know, if there was a PT involved or a pharmacist, they were all there when you were presenting and they would challenge you because it was part of the learning process. Why do you think it's this rather than this? And would you consider this for a treatment? Do you, why do you want to order this? So it was completely different. So I'm glad I had both opportunities to have more autonomy, but less structured learning. And then compare that to less autonomy, more structured learning um, compared with residency programs. So do you think that having a fourth year where we're finally being involved in our rotations that include residents and include an attending and a larger team, do you think that kind of closes the gap a little bit because we didn't have um, that experience in our third year? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that was important to me when I was planning my fourth year. I wanted to have a heavy, um, hard fourth year that was all at, you know, academic places or at least places with residency programs because I know the learning there is more formal and um, more is expected of you mm -hmm. as a visiting student as a sub intern you're given more responsibility mm -hmm. and you're being held to that mm -hmm. so I think it definitely is uh, a necessity for DO students especially if you did your third year at a strictly community site working with the doctor that you do have to prove yourself because on paper um they're going to pick a, uh, someone with a more robust clinical experience mm -hmm. than uh, an inferior one. Mm -hmm. For example, on my on the interview trail, so many places, especially at the larger academic centers where I interviewed, mm -hmm. they immediately want to know where I did my rotations because mm -hmm. not many people have heard of our medical school. And they were like, you know, you're good on paper, but what has your clinical experience been? Uh, yeah, I had the same thing. Like, even institutions that have accepted DOs for many, many years, mm -hmm. like, I mean, they trust DOs, but they know what their fourth year experience was like because they've worked with those students before, but us coming from a near school, they don't know what our fourth year is. So. Yeah, so I was so glad to have such a robust fourth year um, mm -hmm. across many specialties with ICU experience and being able to share that with the interviewers, um, I think definitely surprised them and definitely made myself... Uh, more competitive along the way. So I guess that brings me up to another question is you say like sub I, you say your audition rotations away. So what are all of those terms? What is a sub I an away rotation, an elective, an audition rotation? Like that's lingo that I've never heard before until fourth year. Great question, Monica. So everyone is going to say something a little different, but this is how I think of it. Um, a sub I literally stands for a sub intern. So you're giving or you're given responsibilities of that of an intern at their institution. So you'll have your own patients. You're expected to pre-round, present during rounds, come up with an assessment and plan on those patients. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of, and that kind of brings me to auditioning. Auditioning means it's like a month-long interview. So uh, during your month or four weeks or two weeks, wherever you're at at that institution, you're auditioning for a spot. Um, this is more important for more competitive specialties and more competitive spots because they're going to know you and they're going to see what you're capable of, if you, how your personality is, how you work with other team members. Um, so an audition, I would say, is like a month-long interview and a sub-I is just what your responsibilities are. Do you actually apply for an audition rotation? Yeah. Or do you apply for a sub-I rotation? It's a good question. I don't know. So I think it depends on what, like when we apply on these portals like VSAS and Clinician Nexus, some will say electives, some mm -hmm. will say audition slash sub-I. Mm -hmm. 
I guess you can make any rotation and audition if you're going to apply there mm-hmm. and you're working with the residents that you would hopefully be working with if you get accepted or uh, if you match there. Mm-hmm. And so audition and sub, I think, are more similar. Away just means that's not your home institution. Mm-hmm. So for our school, every rotation I did during fourth year was an away because I didn't go back to our, you know, quote unquote, home hospitals at all during fourth year. So I did every single elective wasn't away. Mm-hmm. An elective would just be something that's not necessarily in your realm of um, what specialty yeah. you want. So if you wanted to do a radiology rotation going into internal medicine, that would be an elective. Mm-hmm. Even some subspecialties like a cardiology could be an elective because you're not necessarily um, a sub eye or you're not auditioning. Maybe if uh, mm-hmm. you're not working with internal medicine residents, if you're just working with a cardio fellow, mm-hmm. then that would be more of an elective mm-hmm. than a sub eye. Mm-hmm. But it's very fluid. So, I mean, the, yeah. these rotations, the descriptions on VSAS and Clinician Nexus will always say a bunch, but it, you can really make any rotation what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. And another term to throw in there is acting intern as well, which I think is synonymous to a sub internship. Yeah, yeah. sub eye. Um, another thing that you brought up is like an elective. So I would also say like an elective is anything that there's not necessarily a residency for. Like there's not necessarily a residency for pediatric nephrology, but I did a pediatric nephrology rotation and I constitute that as an elective. And like I felt like all throughout my month there, you know, it was my first time being in a children's hospital. So I felt like I was kind of auditioning, quote mm-hmm. unquote, um, because it, it helped me get my foot in the door in that program and meet the program director, I meet the program coordinator and just chat with them. Um, yeah, I don't even think our programs know what a sub-I is. Like, I showed up to an, uh, an elective one time. It was my Nikki rotation. It was supposed to be a sub-I. Um, and they're like, so is this a sub-I or is this just an elective for you? And I'm like, does it matter? <laughs> like, can I just work hard and learn as much as I can here? Yeah, so many times in the fall of fourth year, I'd show up and they'd be like, oh, are you auditioning? I was like, I don't know. This is pulmonology. Am I auditioning? I don't know. <laughs> yes. Am I going to apply here? Yeah. So am I auditioning? Maybe. Yes. Sure. I don't know. Call it whatever you want, but I'm doing a rotation here. <laughs> so I guess like the most general term you used was an away rotation because you said that all of your rotations in your fourth year was an away rotation. Yeah. Would you tell everyone to have an away rotation all throughout their fourth year or how many away rotations should one do? Well, I guess that depends. Um, personally, I'm not from the area where our medical school is. I'm from Michigan. And so I was able to do a lot of rotations in Michigan and stay with friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of depends on your situation. If you're married with kids and you're more, uh, you know, settled in the area where you did your third year, then you could do a couple, you know, just to get letters of rec, get your um, foot in the door at certain residency programs, and then come back and do rotations um, where we did our third year. Mm -hmm. For me, that wasn't the case. Uh, I was more willing to travel. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's really up to you. I love that I did all my rotations at different hospitals. Yeah. It was definitely harder, but I think it made you adapt more. You know, every month I was at a new hospital meeting new people, figuring out where to park, what to wear the first day, where's your <laughs> scrub machine, where do I, where's morning report, 
Like it was, I know. <laughs> it was hectic, but I think, you know, it made you learn really quick. Yeah, that's a good point that you're bringing up is like the social situation really determines a lot about where you do your rotations. Um, well, we we also had the opportunity because of COVID to do online rotations. So can you speak a little bit on that? Yeah, so our school um, graciously gave us the opportunity to do online rotations, not just modules. They actually created courses for us, such as dermatology, radiology, tropical medicine, yeah, tropical medicine. public health, uh, because COVID was such a impeding factor in July and August, several students, actually probably most students, weren't able to get rotations until September, October. Uh, and so they opened those courses for students to do. And so usually no one really does online rotations in a normal year because you're able to get clinical experience, but they gave us the opportunity to do up to 20 credits, mm -hmm. which is eight weeks of online work, mm -hmm. which is great. I didn't cash any of those in because I was fortunate enough to lock down rotations for all those months. Um, but it was definitely a great option for people whose rotations got canceled. Mm -hmm. Several people's July rotations were canceled. And so then they were struggling to get something mm -hmm. two weeks before. Yeah, like I found mine on VSAS. It wasn't even through our school. And I found a pediatric ophthalmology rotation online. That was really cool. So can you speak a little bit about how you... Um, how did you prepare for your fourth year during your third year? What resources did you use to sign up for your fourth year electives? Like, did you have letters of recommendations? Did you create a personal statement? So what did you use to prepare for your fourth year? So I would say around December or January of my third year, um, we were able to go onto VSAS and just check it out. We weren't necessarily allowed to apply yet because most um, programs weren't even open for applications, but you can see what kind of things you need on VSAS to apply. Mm -hmm. So a lot of places needed a CV. They needed a personal statement. Some needed a letter of recommendation. Um, you needed all your ALS, <laughs> ACLS, BLS cards, mm -hmm. driver's license, vaccines. So you had to compile all that stuff because you might have some, the school might have some, your parents might have some. So you need to get that all and put it all onto the VSAS portal. So you're able to immediately apply to these places when they open. Mm -hmm. uh, our school was great because um, the end of April, I believe, we had a capstone course before fourth year started where they expected us to have a completed CV and a personal statement done. Mm -hmm. And they reviewed, revised, and talked with us about each one. Um, definitely set us up for success because First, we didn't have to worry about that when residency applications opened. We already had everything ready, mm -hmm. just little tweaks here and there. And second, we were able to apply for um, these away rotations with, you know, really solid uh, CVs and really solid personal statements that have been reviewed by our faculty. Uh, letters of recommendation. I put one on VSAS just from one of the internal medicine docs I worked with in third year. Um, I told him. I was like, I, want, I need this one sooner rather than later. Uh, I was like, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. So, you know, just put something on paper that makes me look decent because I don't know how big schools are, like these away hospitals are taking into account a uh, letter yeah. of recommendation. But I did ask him for a formal one for ERAS, which is the residency portal. Mm -hmm. um, were they the same? I have no idea. Probably not. Um, <laughs> I don't so. I don't know. <laughs> 
But it was funny. We did all this work for VSAS applications and all the ones that I applied for were not accepted because of COVID. And I later on down the road, when I started applying for once in September and October, they were accepted for October, November, and January. Mm-hmm. Okay, so something else that I wanted to talk about is how VSAS isn't the only application service that you can utilize. Like I know um, during COVID, a lot of the institutions, they didn't know what they were going to do with us away of students because they had to accommodate their own students at their own medical school. So how are they going to accommodate us, right? So VSAS shut down completely mm-hmm. for months months they told us it would be like for a week or so and then a week or so happened and then they told us another month and then they told us another couple of weeks remember that so vsas shut down so we really had to utilize resources outside of vsas because may was approaching and we still didn't have a fourth year so what other resources could one use if they didn't want to use vsas so I think there's basically three resources to get away rotations. Uh, you can go through VSAS, and those are going to be larger academic places with a medical school associated with it. Um, you can go through a site called Clinician Nexus. That's smaller community programs, usually with um, residency programs attached to it, and they're all HCA hospitals. So Most it, of them are HCA, not all of them. No, they're all HCA. They're all HCA? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Wow. And so geography is limited. So it's a lot in uh, Florida, Georgia, up the East Coast, not much in the Midwest or the Northeast. And then the third way is to reach out directly to the program coordinators at hospitals that you would like to rotate at. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they're your saving grace. They are more than happy to accommodate, especially given the COVID time. So it was really nice to work with them and email, call, really do whatever I could to get these rotations. Yeah, because we really had to investigate because we didn't know what programs offered rotations via VSAS or what didn't because we didn't even have VSAS to see if they were on there or not. So we actually had to like go onto the website and see. I mean, I got a couple of rotations outside of VSAS. Mm-hmm. I got two, two in like children's hospitals. And I know you did too. Yeah, my first two were just from reaching out to the coordinator. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was a sub-I and the other was an elective in GI. Yeah. And then the third one was through VSAS, but they reached out to me via phone call when VSAS was down to offer me the position. And they're like, whenever VSAS opens back up, we'll, we'll make you a formal offer. But for now, can we put you down? Can we pen you down for September? You, you applied. I applied, to that but they were unable to accept me because not even the programs were allowed on VSAS, mm-hmm. but they could just see who applied. So you said like in your December and January of your third year, you kind of got all this material together, but when did you actually start applying slash reaching out to the coordinators? Cause you, cause obviously like right now we have match mm-hmm. March is match week. So how do you try to balance, like not trying to overwhelm them, but also being on top of it because for these rotations, it's first come first serve. Yeah. So for us, I think it was, uh, you know, every week was changing. So, a lot of places open up their applications, some in February, uh, some in March, some in April. Um, and so when I was planning my fourth year with you too, because we geography was uh, important to both of us, we didn't want to be apart for too long. Mm-hmm. Um, once we figured out where we wanted to go, we found 
the hospitals on VSAS and figured out when did their applications open. Mm-hmm. And we applied to them day one, right when they opened to make sure we can get in. Uh, obviously none of those worked out because mm-hmm. it was, that was in February and early March and then COVID hit. And then all these hospitals stopped having a ways until October ish. And so it was kind of a changing thing. VSAS mm-hmm. was down and they were like for two weeks and everyone was like, okay, in two weeks it'll open up and we're going to get all these away rotations from like, <laughs> Yale, all these places that we applied didn't happen because they didn't open it up for two months. Mm-hmm. And so we had to, you know, scramble basically and find these rotations because at one point you just had to say, this is not going to work. VSAS is not going to work. How are we going to get a fourth year rotation? That's mm-hmm. not at our home sites. And, um, you know, word of mouth was huge. Mm-hmm. If someone from your class graduated and matched to a hospital, you can reach out and be like, hey, are you guys doing a ways? Can I come rotate? Mm-hmm. And so that's how I got the first one. And there was a couple uh, people from our school in our class that also rotated there at the same time as me and bl- months later because, you know, these uh, audition rotations were hard to come by, especially for, mm-hmm. actually, not especially for anything, especially for everyone. Yeah. Uh, and then... Once I knew I was going to be in Michigan for at least July, I was just looking at hospitals that I knew. Like, can I rotate here? And I would Google blah, 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 medical student away rotation. And it would usually give me a student coordinator and I reached out to them. And it wasn't just one email. It was two emails and a phone call and a voicemail. And then they'd get back to me and I would was able to lock something down. Mm. Um, yeah, I know. When... I mean, Jack, you remember me when VSAS shut down and then VSAS opened. By the time VSAS opened, like, you had a lot of, you were very blessed with a lot lot of great rotations. And I originally thought I was going to apply to one rotation for each month. And that quickly was Oh my gosh, when you only applied to PT month places? (laughs) (laughs) I, like, for some reason only applied to pediatric hemoc, and then COVID hit, and thank God that happened, because your girl would have been an expert in PT monk, but wouldn't know what, how to treat pediatric asthma, right? Um, so, anyway, when COVID happened, VSAS shut down, VSAS then finally opened up, and I went crazy in applying, like, I kind of got rid of that mentality that I only want to do one rotation in this one place and I broadened my horizons. I did, I worked at some great children's hospitals and I'm so happy I did that. So when you are encouraging somebody, like let's say you were talking in a third year and you're looking over their shoulder as they're applying to through VSAS, um, how many rotations would you tell them to apply for for each month? And then two, what rotations would you apply for? Actually, let's table that second part. Let's okay. let's first talk about like how many rotations would you think that one would need to apply for for a full fall schedule or maybe like the month of December off, like at least for four months, four months so, electives. Okay, so I would recommend so in July, August, September, October, so five months ish. Right? Five months. Yeah, I wouldn't do all audition rotations, obviously, because you're going to be working long hours, long days. Uh, like a sub basically. Yeah, so like yeah. if, for internal medicine, if you signed up for wards or ICU, plan on being there like 10 hours a day, five to six days a week mm-hmm. for most places. So if you do that for three months, four months, you're going to be toast. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to throw in some electives, i.e. cardiology, nephrology, 
stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're going to still be working, you're still going to learn a lot, but it's going to be, you know, seven to four, five days a week, not really mm-hmm. weekends. So a little more accommodating schedule. So like, are, are we talking about applying on VSAS? Like how yeah, much should you apply Because, you know, for? I applied for 10, 20 rotations just for one month. You so, know? And that's obviously skewed because it was COVID and it was yeah, very so late. I don't so. think I know the answer to that because I ended up applying to 40-ish rotations and I got th- two, two or three. Oh, yeah. So it's hard to say if that's because of COVID or if that's like normal. But when we were first planning it uh, before VSAS shut down, I think we aimed for two or three per month. Mm-hmm. So if I wanted to go to hospital A, I would apply for three rotations mm-hmm. at hospital A for the month of July, hoping that yeah. I'd get at least one. Because once you get accepted, they give you like two weeks for you to actually accept it. And, mm-hmm. so, and I would also like say, I guess kind of going back to what we said, talked about a little earlier, but once you apply like that, these will tell you when the applications open up. Once you apply, I don't know if you did this, but I immediately emailed that program coordinator or the coordinate the student coordinator and was like, Hi, my name is Monica. I'm so excited to be to have my application out here for this rotation. I hope to apply here for residency. Like I've just got my name out there. It's kind of a numbers game too. Like we even face that through interview season. Like people feel slip through the cracks. You could be the greatest student, you could be the greatest applicant, you could perfectly fit into a program, but it's a lot of people going through a really tiny funnel and mm-hmm. it's really easy for you to slip through the cracks. So it's good to just kind of follow up after you put an application out there. And and another thing to consider is cost. VSAS charges $15 per application mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter if you apply after the deadline, if the hospital never gets back to you, if your home site doesn't verify in time, they don't care. It's $15. I've gotten into several arguments with VSAS this year (laughs) because uh, especially during these for the online rotations through other hospitals, uh, let's say starting uh, January 4th and I applied all through December trying to get these because I was still struggling for rotations in the winter and the sites never even got back to me or they would decline me after the January 4th Mm -hmm. and I'd email VSAS saying, Hey, like, this hospital totally disregarded my application, didn't bother to get back to me. And VSAS was like, oh, well, we can't do anything for you. We're sorry. That's up to the hospital. And I was like, but you're kind of allowing them to do whatever we want and we're just getting charged. It's very unfair. Um, Obviously, they didn't listen. Uh, They stopped emailing me. Um, So definitely consider cost and how many big academic ways you want to do. Because it's good to do community, good to do everything, clinic, months, mm-hmm. go back to your home site and do rotations with mm-hmm. people you know. So, And when when you do those rotations, like I, I'm, I know you've felt this way too, um, and you could share this a little bit, but when you do those rotations and you tell them that this is where you want to apply, those residents that you're working with, they speak up for you. And they, they're immediately talking to the PD about you. They're, the attendings are immediately talking to the PD about you. And so you're kind of on their radar because interview season is just around the corner. And so I loved, I'm so thankful for the places that I did my away rotations in because it, I feel like my, my name was out there. Do you feel the same? Yeah. And it was so nice too. Um, 
when you were interviewing, if you did get an interview there for residency, that you immediately had kind of a leg up almost in other applicants because you're like, oh, I already met this doctor. I work with this doctor. One of the times I even interviewed with a doctor I worked at or worked for. Yeah. So that was very nice. And um, it, you definitely stick out by, you know, having a familiar name. So can you kind of um, tell us what your schedule was like for your fourth year? When did it start? When were like, how did you front load it? Um, and what electives did you suggest for people, I guess, specifically in internal medicine to do? So I'll just run through my schedule first and then we could kind of talk more about that. So I, my first rotation was in July and it was internal medicine, a sub I. So that's Ward's great rotation. That was my first experience working with you know, third and fourth year medical students and residents and attendings. And it was awesome. So different than my third year, but it was such a great learning experience. Uh, my second rotation was a GI at a place that was building a GI fellowship. So it was very academic. They did a great job of exposure. Not my favorite rotation, um, but very glad I did it. And then my third one was... Yeah, because you thought you were, you you were going to pursue GI. Like... That's why I wanted to do it early and I... Now, yeah. <laughs> now, now no, I do not like GI whatsoever, but it's good to know things you don't like as well as mm-hmm. things you like. My third rotation was ICU sub-I. I highly recommend everyone do an ICU month if you're doing any kind of medicine or pediatrics because that is like the fun medicine. Mm-hmm. It's what you learn. It's all the fun questions, the DIC, the septic shock, all the stuff from Pathoma that you forgot about. All the fun questions. That's what you refer to as pimping fun questions. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's gosh. fun. Uh, so I definitely think ICU exposure is crucial for every like pre-IM, pre-PEDS applicant mm-hmm. uh, just to bolster their application. And you know, just the learning curve is so mm-hmm. high in the ICUs. So you definitely are expected to do a lot and you will get there. Mm-hmm. My fourth rotation, I did a two-week uh, rotation in pulmonology. And then I did... OMM for two weeks, and mm-hmm. then I did a month-long rotation in nephrology mm-hmm. back here in Detroit, and then I took December off to interview, which was nice. And then in January, I did a month of cardiology, and then in February, I did a month of sports medicine clinic, which was one of those rotations that you just save for the end of your fourth year. You show up three times a week, maybe, <laughs> and you just hang out, have a good time, drain a couple knees and go home. Well, you, you kind of have to explain how you got that sports medicine rotation because, I mean, just to a disclaimer, Jack applied via VSAS and via contact just through the coordinator for those rotations. And then he got um, that cardiology rotation through Clinician Nexus. Mm-hmm. But the sports medicine rotation, this one was a little special. Yeah, so we were staying with my friend in Philadelphia and he actually went to this doctor because he had some ankle issues and the doctor was a recent DO grad, sports medicine. And he was like, hey, I know your tr- struggles getting fourth year rotations. If you ever need anything, let me know. And you're more than willing to rotate with me. So my friend rotated with him in the month of December, loved it. And uh, when I he, he knew that we were going to stay with him and his uh, family for the month, and I was struggling for a rotation, I was just going to do something online. He was like, no, no, no. Let me hook you up with this doctor who I worked with. He's super cool great teacher, straight out of fellowship. He knows our situation. Like he knows what's up. And he let me rotate with him for the month of February, which was so much fun. And it was a mile away from their house. Uh, and so Monica had the big sub eye um. leaving at five, <laughs> coming back at 7 PM every day. And I was working 
maybe two, three hours a day yeah. and just hanging out with everyone else. So it was a good change of pace. And I, I think I deserved it because I front loaded a oh, lot yeah. of my schedule. I didn't have many easy rotations. Yeah, definitely. Okay, I think that's it, Jack. Well, thank you so much for having me, Monica. <laughs> We're living under the same roof at the moment. <laughs> See you at dinner. <laughs> Okay, well, I hope that was helpful for y'all. Um, I know, like, when we started fourth year, I remember talking to you, Jack, and being like, what the heck is a sub-I? What is an audition rotation? I have no idea what any of these words are. And you kept repeating and repeating it over and over again, and it wasn't until, like, the sixth time that you explained it that I finally understood it. And that was, like, three months into fourth year, too. Yeah, I should have drawn your picture, because you don't do audio learning. <laughs> yeah, I'm not an audio learner, so Jack just says that I'm not a good listener, but <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> Um, but yeah, hopefully this helped you guys out, and obviously you guys, th there still may be questions after this, but just so you guys know, we had the same questions, and they were all answered, and once you're in it, it'll it's going to be a lot easier than you think once you're in it, so best of luck to you guys, and John, good luck to you this week. Thank you so much, Monica. We're in the same boat, we couples match, so yeah. <laughs> if you're down, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, bye I love all. You guys.